give you some examples. Knowing your Enneagram type can be useful for helping you find the right remote role for you, helping you advance in the right career and, and do well in your job remotely, helping you identify and design the right setup for you, navigating your remote work-life integration, determining your ideal remote working culture, being aware of yourself, your skills, and how you fit into the team, the company, and the culture. Identifying and leveraging what other people in your team have to offer. You are listening to the Thriving Empire Podcast Season 4, all about how to be a brilliant remote worker. Whether you're a seasoned remote worker, you've found yourself reluctantly working from home, or you simply want to move from a co-located office role to one that is 100% remote, you're going to love this season. We talk to the founders and leaders of remote teams who share with us their insights on the qualities, characteristics, skills, knowledge, and experience that enable you to be a brilliant remote worker. So if you want to know how to be the best at what you do in the remote work reality, you're going to love this season. I'm your host, Stephanie Holland, remote marketing strategist, traveler, coconut macaroon addict, and remote work style obsessed. Let's get started. Hey there, welcome back to part two of Adapt to Remote Working. Now that was a huge episode we did last week, wasn't it? Now if you haven't yet had the chance to listen to part one, go check it out over at stephanieholland.co forward slash 96 and then come right back here to listen to part two. It's a good one. Now I am back in Mexico, so expect dogs barking in the background, <laughs> birds chirping and generally the sound of the country in the background. And once again for this episode, I followed a slightly different format for this episode because David also wasn't able to join me live for the recording. So we co-created this episode on Google Docs because we really wanted to create something very concise and actionable for you with the quality of a workshop. So it was really easy for him to record his part separately and then for me to edit it all together like I'm doing right now. And just to say, I think we both underestimated the depth of content we were going to create when we initially set out to do these episodes. So here's what David had to say about part one of Adapt to Remote Working. It was incredible. I never envisioned this depth into the topic for a podcast episode. It forced me to dig deeper and to adapt to the change consequent to your great qualities as a podcast host and in search for useful and actionable content for your community. Kudos, kudos to you for this. I really and sincerely respect you for that. And so should all your listeners. Stephanie is the queen. This is so funny and I love it because initially when I set out, I decided I was going to become the queen of podcasting. <laughs> this is so nice to hear. But really, I just love co-creating content with really smart people and David is one of those because it's always so much more powerful than the sum of its parts. And we both really hope you found it interesting and took action because the proof is in the practice and David and I both know this practice works, especially if we tweet it in ways that resonate with us and do it when we need it. Now, again, if you're just joining us on this last week's episode, this is part two of a two-part series called Adapt to Remote Working. So once again, if you haven't listened to part one, head over to stephanieholland.co forward slash 96 and then join us right back here. So the aim of these two episodes, to remind you, is to help you adapt to remote working more easily, quickly, and joyfully so that you can develop a responsible, flexible remote working style, maintain physical health, fitness, and emotional well-being on purpose, 
be more deliberate with your personal social life and social needs, enjoy a natural, effortless rhythm in your work and in your life. So in these two episodes, we want to offer you a two-step approach to adapting to remote working. In the last episode, step one of that was being able to reaffirm you made the right decision because I can tell you right now, you did, you made the right decision. This makes adapting to remote working so much easier because then you invest your time and energy into figuring out how to make it work for you rather than focusing on how challenging and difficult it is. Now, David talked us through the four questions that help us reaffirm the desire that motivated the decision to start remote working in the first place. And he also suggested a breathwork practice to deeply embed that into your body and psyche and into your day-to-day. In this episode, part two, David and I are going to... So I keep switching between David and David. I'm really sorry. His name's David. Um, we are going to suggest a specific method and some practical tips specific to your personality type that will help you adapt to remote working more effectively. And it's based on the knowledge that how well you manage change in your life correlates to how well you know yourself. So what I mean by that is the degree to which you are self-aware and can manage change and adapt to change more effectively and efficiently. So what do I mean by self-awareness? Self-awareness means knowing your personality style. Understanding the lens through which you understand the world, knowing how you habitually think, act, and feel, knowing your inner motivations and your underlying operational mode, and why. So one tool or model for increasing self-awareness is the Enneagram. And while I'm quite new to this model, I'm literally two months old to this model, um, David also happens to be an Enneagram coach which was so cool when I discovered this. We were chatting about six weeks ago and he said this and I had just discovered it around then and I thought, oh my gosh, we have to make content for my podcast. So I learned initially about the Enneagram model through Ian Cron with Business Made Simple University, which is um, a great um, business and marketing um, school, online school created by Donald Miller. It's a really brilliant online business school. I have to tell you, you should totally check it out. It's at businessmadesimple.com. Now, I didn't realize how important self-awareness is for success in life and work and, you know, in the context of this podcast, for remote leaders and employees alike. Self-awareness can be the foundation and springboard for greater personal and professional happiness. Um, There was actually a study conducted by Cornell and Greenpeace partners that showed that the overall key predictor of success among leaders is self-awareness. I couldn't believe it. And there's no better leadership role and offer to you than leader in your own life and leader in your own career, right? You are the leader of your life and career. So leadership isn't just for your bosses. It's also for you. It's for me. It's for all of us. So that's what I learned from Ian Cron. And I was stoked to find out that David, ex-colleague from Microsoft, is an Enneagram coach. So I am really happy to pass the reins to David for this question. What is the Enneagram model? How can we use it in our work and career and specifically for major life transitions like adapting to the remote work style? The Enneagram um, is an ancient model. No one knows exactly where it came from, but it's very, very old. More than 2000 years, according to some. 
It is coming from an oral tradition. It has been developed and used more and more in our occidental society since the 70s. And it basically maps personalities into nine different types or numbers. And it is represented visually as a nine-pointed plane figure or a nine-pointed star, if you like. Say you were to place an object at the center of the star, like a statue or a chair, and then look at that chair from those nine different points. You would see the chair in nine different ways. Then imagine nine different people looking at a chair simultaneously. Each person sees and articulates what they see differently, right? This is the Enneagram concept. We all look at the same object or face the same facts and circumstances. And yet, we all experience a different reality. The Enneagram model seeks to articulate your perspective and explains why you respond in certain ways. I have to say that when I first did the Enneagram test myself, and David will explain how to take a test in a few minutes, uh, and I read my type, I felt so deeply understood in a way that has never been articulated to me before by any other assessment. So I'm really curious as to why or how this is even possible. Yes, this is quite common. Let's look at an example. Say you're casually walking down the street and you see an elderly lady slip. What would your immediate response be? Would you immediately rush to assist her without a second thought? Would you feel a surge of anger about the state of the pavement and lack of responsibility about council maintenance and then assist her? Would you see someone else rush to help and keep on walking? Would you rush over to assist the person helping her regardless of having an urgent appointment to go to? Or would you call an ambulance and wait until it arrives? There are, of course, limitless numbers of ways to respond. You get the picture here. The point is that your anagram type will inform the type of response you have. It's really fascinating. The anagram helps us know our response ahead of time. And knowing how we work and what our inner motivations are brings more awareness to our response in the moment. And definitely it can help us in a response to adapting to remote working. To give you some examples, knowing your anagram type can be useful for helping you find the right remote role for you helping you advance in the right career and, and do well in your job remotely, helping you identify and design the right setup for you, navigating your remote work-life integration, determining your ideal remote working culture, being aware of yourself, your skills, and how you fit into the team, the company and the culture, identifying and leveraging what other people in your team have to offer, being transparent about how you offer value and where you fall short, and many more benefits. These are just some examples for the context of this show. Keep in mind that it is a personality model which was invented by humans and therefore it has its limits and improvement areas. This is not the throughs with a capital T. It should be a guide to discover yourself and the others. 
So in the last episode, we talked about some of the main challenges when it comes to transitioning to a remote work style, a remote career, a remote job. And I want to repeat them here so they're fresh in our minds. So the main challenges are staying productive and motivated without someone looking over your shoulder, getting to know your colleagues personally when you can't bump into them in the kitchen because this is the kind of stuff that builds relationships and strong bonds, right? Adapting your communication style, both writing for channels like Discord and Slack, and how you conduct yourself on video and audio when tone can be taken out of context and there's no body language to get the full picture of communication. And overworking and potentially burnout, especially if you're living or working in the same space. So specific challenges within the area of overwork are being able to create a healthy schedule. When you're looking at work-life balance, creating work-family balance, or work-study balance if you're still studying, as we learned from Helena Meron in episode 95. But also learning to enjoy your newfound flexibility and freedom without feeling guilty, so you can do what you set out to do in the first place, and shifting to an output over over hours mentality. Now, how you most effectively and efficiently adapt to remote working in these challenges can be informed by your personality type. And this is where the Enneagram really shines. Our Enneagram type or number, because that they are sort of a combination of numbers and letters, they give us a specific approach based on our personality type and natural propensities. So for example, I'm a 7W8, which means a 7 wing 8. And we'll just keep it simple for now and just address the main number, which is the seven. Now, this is what I learned about my type from Ian Cron's course in Business Made Simple. Sevens are known as the enthusiast. We are outgoing, playful, upbeat, adventurous. We're lifelong learners. We see the bright side of everything, which also underpins our shadow side. We avoid experiencing unpleasant, difficult, or painful feelings at all costs, which means we always have an escape plan. (laughs) Press the eject button and often avoid making long-term commitments if we don't develop self-awareness. So the practical tips for sevens for adapting to remote working would be something like these exercising every single day. It is really important that number seven, the enthusiast, is able to process all of that energy and all of that stress. And likewise, it's super important for us to meditate, to kind of sit still, sit silent with our thoughts, get really present in the moment, which restores us to our full power daily. And in fact, now I do this uh, for very short 15-minute sessions three times a day just to keep me grounded in the present. And as an extension of that, not to fantasize too much into the future or plan too far ahead. And in fact, I recently did another life plan, which I did. um, It's another course within Business Made Simple. And it made me feel so stressed. Uh, Thinking five to 10 years in the future stresses me out because I'm very much in the moment kind of person. All of our power is in the present moment. And I can testify to the fact that this is so true. Power in the present helps us navigate to the future that we envision, but we don't need to obsess over the future so much. We really need to enjoy the the present moment. So I know that David is a 3W4. That's a three wing four. So I asked him, what are threes like? And what are three practical tips for threes for adapting to remote working? Sure. So threes are the performers. We have a compulsive need to succeed, appear successful and avoid failure at all costs. We desire to win love and admiration. 
we are shape-shifting pleasure and we like making it look easy. We are productivity machines and love breaking records so we can often overwork, burn out and not seek help if uh, we're not self-aware. I'm amusing myself by uh, saying those words. So here's how we adapt quickly. Like you, Stephanie, trees benefit from meditation, being present and connecting to our inner voice of truth. We need to define our own definition of success and be driven by that and not by what others expect of us. We need to learn to be conscious of what we're sacrificing to appear successful to others. This description, like any other for that matter, should be taken cautiously. These are tendencies. We are much more complex people than these quick stereotypes. So it's really interesting that in the last episode, David spoke about his meditation practice called cardiac coherence and why he loves it so much, right? It just so suits his personality type and mine as well. And perhaps this means things like knowing when to say no and feeling comfortable pushing back or asking for help so that you don't overwork or burn out if you're a three as well. So next up, how do we find out our type? There are so many tests out there online and it could be really overwhelming to decide which one to choose. So I asked David, what is a free test that you can take? Truity.com seems okay and will provide you with a first taste of your personality orientation. Keep in mind that on top of the nine Enneagram types, there are also further dimensions of the Enneagram that these tests results go into. But we're keeping it simple for the podcast and intruding you to the primary layer. And so I asked him, what is a great paid version that he recommends to his clients and why? I do recommend to, to work with the paying tests. Um, and it's, it's, it's through mypersonality.be. Um, you will need a voucher uh, that I can provide if you want to, to go through that uh, platform. Um, why I, I recommend that test is because it's scientifically validated by a university. Uh, Belgian University uh, of Louvain. And there have been thousands of tests conducted since uh, many years. And, and they're really, really, uh, in, in terms of quality of results, it's really incredible. Uh, second reason why, it's because it's multilingual. So it's not only for people speaking uh, uh, English or French, but also other languages such as Dutch and, and, and whatnot. And then the, the granularity of the questionnaire that, that they propose and the adaptability of the question sequences is quite uh, unique and, and makes it really stand out out of the, uh, of the, the other types of uh, platforms. Well, how about that? I went to the University of Louvain as well. <laughs> so let's go through a summary of the other seven Enneagram types and how they could adapt to remote working and the challenges that we've mentioned in this episode. I am going to start with number one. The, num the one is known as the perfectionist. They love improving things. They are idealists. They are fair. They are reliable and great mentors. They're really passionate about creating a better world. They love to paint a picture of it for the rest of us. Um, with a lack of self-awareness, this can display as rigidity, a rigid perfectionism that can make life very hard for themselves and other people because they feel obligated to fix everything and hold others accountable to their expectations and their 
higher vision as well. So here are three tips for adapting to remote working for you if you are a perfectionist. Be kind to yourself because you have the tendency to be way too hard on yourself. In fact, your own expectations can be crushing. So step back and ask yourself, what do I need right now? Maybe it's a cup of tea. Maybe it's phoning a friend. Maybe it's taking a two-week holiday. Just go easy on yourself. You can also learn to smile at your inner critic. Literally observe your thoughts and how you're talking to yourself. Is it helpful or hurtful? And if it's hurtful or harmful, edit that thinking and practice new thoughts. Also, you can relax and have fun, okay? Really try to do that. Stop taking life and yourself and everything so seriously. Remote work is meant to be fun, so make it fun and enjoy it. So I'll hand over to David for the rest of them. The tools are known as the, the giver. They need to be useful to others. They feel immediately the needs of the others when maybe the others did not yet feel them. They are always caring and sensing, and, and they are certainly very empathetic and sincere. At their best, they are unselfish and altruistic. They really, really, really care. So you, you always want to be useful. Make it clear for your colleagues that they can count on you. Do not overwhelm your colleagues with demands on your presence. Your desire to feel useful really could overwhelm others. So use your generosity with care. Accept and welcome rewards, thank yous. Notice how others appreciate you and be okay with that. The person recognizing your capacity to help is offering you a gift with a compliment. The threes, also known as the performers, we already covered this earlier. The fours, uh, also known as the romantics, these are really unique. They are so deep in their inner emotional life. They can be submerged by beauty one moment, and the next they would feel doomed by the depth of emptiness. Their mood can vary because they live with intensity and are definitely feeling they are not like everyone else. This opens the gate to great creativity, even in the smallest aspects of life. For instance, preparing a cup of tea can become an intense and emotional moment. So continue to think differently and share your differences with others. You are one of a kind and your remote colleagues are lucky to have you. Allow time and space for your flow of creativity. This will be useful at one point or another for your teammates. And be aware that mood is uneven and that's okay. The fives, also known as the observers, they, they really look for independence and it's probably their, their quests. So it is, it is very okay for them to be in a remote work setting since they like to observe life from a distance. They also need to understand, but really, really understand. This means they can dive deep into knowledge and therefore time can be an issue with those guys. So knowledge is paramount for, paramount for you, but not everyone is thinking the same about that. So, play it smart when interacting with others. Suggest rather than impose your views. And accept that your co-workers might be less knowledgeable. Take time, but not too much, to analyze a situation. And stay aware that your rhythm might be slightly different than the one of your colleagues. So, try to be flexible on that. 
Free up some time and space for introspection, but not when others need you most. Your expertise is an asset in a team, and not showing up might put them in a bad position. Even if the universe will not disappear because of one missed call, of course. The sixes, also known as the loyalists, they tend to doubt everything and to put everything in perspective. There are always two sides to a coin, and which side is the best, nobody knows. They have vivid minds and a strong capacity to envision all potential consequences to certain events. They are very vigilant. They do need to build trust and to constantly balance the trust they put in someone. They are very reliable and loyal, hence the name. Since doubt is part of their program, the yes but attitude is a very common attitude among them. It is true until proven otherwise. They look for security most of the time. Do not stop asking questions. Doubt is okay, and you should use it with care when in contact with the others. They might not always perceive the value of questioning a lot, so be smart like you can be as great diplomats. Find a reliable decision helper or, or, or sort of a, a, a radar, an inside compass that will help you when in doubt and trust it to get a sense of accomplishment. Dare to take decisions. This is the way forward. And I know it's a challenge for the sixes. Staying in the uncertainty might create some frozen situations and will not provide you the impression that you are moving ahead with your project. The sevens, also known as the enthusiasts, Stephanie already covered sevens a little earlier in the show. Eight, also known as the protector, they are high in energy. They are prone to defend their clan against all invaders. They have immense energy and are capable of displacing mountains. They are very blunt and cash when they talk. They tell it like it is. Why bother with sneaky attitude? Confronting and looking to control the situation is really their way of being. Their major challenge is to accept their vulnerability and to let loose sometimes. Let it go. Chill. Learn to tell it like it is with some caution to yourself and others so you each know where you stand. Your energy level is higher than the average. Be aware of that. Share it around. It will take some of the burden off you and benefit others. Sometimes events depend on things you don't control. Learn to live with things that are out of your control. And I know it's tough. Nines, the peacemakers. The nines sit at the top of the Enneagram circle or star. Therefore, they might be seen as the wiser, the wise man, the wise woman. They are in search of harmony and balance. Their main focus is to look for communion, cohesion and consensus. There should not be a ripple at the surface of the sea. Let's all be together, united and aligned. But unfortunately, life is not like that, right? Sometimes you have to move, you have to, to risk things, you have to, to, to act. And if nines are not put in front of their responsibilities, 
they may get lost in the ocean of procrastination and chaos. They might disappear to the profit of the ones around them. So, make sure you keep dialogue honest and open with your team and manager. It's responsible to have your voice and share your opinion. Ask for help if you need it. Do not let yourself vanish in the void. It is not because you are alone and remote working that the world will forget about you. Reach out to others, colleagues, friends, more than what you would normally do. Your capacity to build harmony is your gift. Make sure you can use that skill in a team while working remotely. Wow. Well, thanks to David for that comprehensive summary. That is really cool. I really recommend you go over to one of those two places and take the test. I will put a link to both of them in the show notes. But in summary, I think, you know, we, we, we basically concluded the two steps to adapting to remote working with more ease, speed, and joy. Step one is to reaffirm you made the right decision because you did. This alone makes adapting to remote work so much easier. We covered that in part one, episode 96. So go over to stephanieholland.co forward slash 96. Once again, if you haven't yet listened to it. And in this episode, we covered step two, which is using your personality type to help you to adapt to remote working. And it's our hope that with these two steps, you can more quickly enjoy the benefits of remote working and be well on your way to developing a responsible, flexible remote working style, maintaining physical health, fitness, and emotional being on purpose, being more deliberate with your personal social life and social needs, and enjoying a natural effortless rhythm in your work and in the rest of your life. So isn't that cool that you can adapt to remote working so much more easily by simply increasing your self-awareness? It'll give you precise and practical tips for your day-to-day. I really love it, David. Once again, thank you so much. Now, as I mentioned, David is an Enneagram coach. So I asked David, how do people get in touch with him if they want to find out more about Enneagram coaching? What is the three-step plan? So how how Enneagram coaching works for the moment uh, with this remote uh, working setup? Um, first, I would invite you to go to theafter.digital uh, and then to book a discovery call uh, to chat with me about your expectation. And then if you, if you want to proceed, um, you'll take the online test um, I was referring to earlier in the show and, and we'll get a, a 60 minutes debriefing session uh, to dive into your results. Um, and from there, you will start your journey to self-discovery. Stephanie, it was an honor to be part of this journey with you. Thank you so much for having me on Thriving Empire podcast. May the force be with you. We had so much fun putting together these episodes for you. I really hope you've enjoyed it. Thank you, David, so much for joining us on these two episodes. And I'll see you guys next week on Thriving Empire podcast. Thank you for listening to this episode of Thriving Empire. I appreciate you being here and hanging out with me. Now, if you're not subscribed already, head over to stephanieholland.co, that's C-O, and sign up right on the page so that you never miss an episode. And if you're enjoying the show, I have a favor to ask you. Would you rate and review it on iTunes, please? Just search Thriving Empire on iTunes. Click subscribe, then ratings and reviews, and you'll be asked to give it a start rating and a quick sentence or two on what you've think about 
about it and what you think about me. Now, this will really help other people find it too, so that more people can build their career and create the life they really want simultaneously. Thank you so much. Have a beautiful week and see you next time on Thriving Empire.